Hola. Hola. Guten tag. Welcome and bienvenue. It I don't is... think that's a good choice given they got knocked out of the Euros today. Uh, uh, Zayn and goodbye from Germany in Euro 2020. But hello from us today for episode two. Episode two. We did it. We, we did, did it two weekends in a row. We did it. We're two weeks in a row. Weeks. Well, you know, weekends, who's to say? Weekends are for fun. Weekends are for fun, but who's to say that this isn't fun? It is fun, but weeks are for podcasting. Okay, yeah, I can I can take that scheduling. All right. I'll I'll pencil that in. But cool. hi, we're here again. Hello. Loved uh loved doing the first episode so much that we decided to do a second. Yeah, it felt like something we could keep doing. Um which you know was was great and the women's soccer decided, "Oh, oh hey, let's um let's just put news on top of news on top of news on top of games for you guys." So, um we have a lot to talk about. We have a lot to talk about. This one's going to be longer than the last one. Uh, and I hope you're, you're okay with that. Yeah, you know, just, uh, just hang out. It's going to be fun. Hang in there. We're gonna, we're gonna, it's going to be great. Don't, gonna be don't be so nervous. Ride. Don't yeah, be so nervous. Please. God. The water's fine. It's going to be okay. We're going to be great. It's going to be okay. Wait, lots to talk about. There's, there were five games on a Saturday, which plenty of thoughts about that. Too many games. Too many games. Uh, we had a roster drop. Remember when that happened? Yep. That seems like 35 days ago, that but was it was last week. Six weeks ago. Yep. But somehow also last week. Uh, we had a documentary about the U.S. Women's National Team entitled LFG, standing for Let's F***ing Go. That came out last week. That did. And uh, there was also a lovely thread from U.S. Soccer that we will get into later. And uh, last but certainly not least, uh, Angel City last night, or, you know, whenever this drops, a few nights before, dropped an NFT. Sure did. That happened. I have feelings. But before all that, let's get into some news and scores. It's your Super Saturday score roundup. Gotham 3, OL Reign 0. Racing Louisville 3, Chicago Red Star 0. NC Courage 2, Portland 0. Houston Dash 2, Orlando 1. Washington Spirit 2, Kansas City 1. Yeah, I don't know why I said news and scores. It was just scores. The news comes now. News is now, but not like reporter news. Not like news news, just like getting, 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 uh, just getting the feelings out. All right, so what are we going to talk about first? Uh, it was uh, the five-game Saturday. That was a lot. It is a lot. Arguably too much. It was cool as a concept to, like, have a super Saturday that like the NWSL was like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to make graphics about it. That was cool. I'm, yes. I'm, I'm like not knocking that as a concept. I, I, I kind of like it, but I, I kind of wish we didn't plan for that in the heat of June. Like, yeah, it's, it's pretty brutal out there. Yeah. There's some heat waves, uh, climate changes, bad kids. Uh, we should be working to, stop and prevent that from getting worse because right now in the northwest it's over 100 degrees has been for several days but you know let's let's just play an hour and a half of soccer outdoors they'll be fine they'll be fine fine they're professionals the whole west coast is on fire it's fine it's gonna be fine it's fine it's It's all fine it's all fine 
Um, and then Chicago was delayed for a couple of hours because there were like thunderstorms. Which we got just a couple hours which later. Which we also got, yeah. And like a tornado warning, which that, um, I'm not a Chicago person, so I don't know if that's like normal for Chicago. It's pretty normal. We're not too worried. Okay. Yeah. I I never liked tornadoes as, as a kid. I saw Twister when I was like seven, so I, I was afraid of tornadoes for a while, but I think I've outgrown that. Yeah, you're, you're going to have to living in the Midwest. What we do is we go outside and gawk at it, and we're like, oh, cool, the sky's green now. <laughs> cool, cool, Neat. that's normal. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the number of times as a kid that we actually went to the basement and like hunkered down when we should have was very rare. Cool, just just like living living by the state of your pants out here. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we're just unbothered really cool. until it's like in cool. your living room. So like tornadoes are like your pizza rat out here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You know. exactly. That's a really good analogy. Actually. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, tornadoes are our pizza rat. Yeah, equally destructive. Yeah, absolutely. But we just yeah, they're they're gonna live their lives. We're gonna live ours. No, you know, you just gotta let them be. Yeah, <laughs> they're doing their can't own just thing. get in their way. No. <laughs> Um, um, but, uh, the heat rules were kind of a subject of discussion leading up to it where it was like, Hey, NWSL, we can see the forecast. Can you see the forecast where it says it's going to be a hundred degrees in Tacoma? Are you alarmed at all? Yeah. And, and it was what are the policies there and what should the policies be there? I assume is what you're yeah about? it's like um oh well oh rain had had a tweeted uh response where it was like the the wet bulb reading has to be a certain temperature and like the wet bulb reading is different from a normal temperature reading and i have no idea what that even means but yeah the wet bulb reading for saturday was like 75 and i don't i not to say i don't believe the science of that but i think there are better instruments to measure optimal uh, performance sure, for athletes in, in heat. And that's, uh, you know, whether or not... The way you said that sounded like you were talking about how well athletes perform when they are in heat, uh, which is upsetting. Um, that's not. Uh, not that's not where mean. I was going. Uh. But no, what, what, what conditions they should be allowed to play in. Yes. That's is, a, I think, where you're going. Yeah, because I mean, like, they've had, they've, you guys will quickly learn that Leslie's a way of phrasing things sometimes that makes everything bad. Um, and, and it drives Emily crazy. A little bit. Uh, so I'm glad you're here with me now to suffer through this. But yeah, so you basically your thoughts are that the bar should be lower for what temperatures they're allowed to play in. Yeah, I mean, I think they're just going to have to reconsider what the heat rules should look like because... You know, climate change is real, and we're getting into an earth that is getting hotter. And and the West Coast is often on fire. <laughs> often. <laughs> we have a whole fire season for it. <laughs> yeah. There aren't that many seasons in, you know, Southern California, but one of them is definitely fire, yeah. and we're soon going to have two Southern California teams. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I was at on that. It's... It's like let's just have a little a little consideration for the future, in in all the places that the bar is low yeah. enough or too low in the NWSL. This is one of the rare ones where maybe we should lower it a bit more. Yeah, just 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 bring that limbo bar down. Just yeah. take it. Um, things things that are good. Good Morning America. 
Yeah, that was weird, but that's not the point. <laughs> showing, showing off the USA roster in the weirdest way possible. Uh, it was three hours into Good Morning America. We knew that was coming, though. Like, yeah, there, there's no way they're they're dropping that in the in the first hour. They want they want you to to be all the way in. They want you to sit down, make your coffee, hope it's coming. I tweeted, and I'll say it again: Good Morning America is a trap. Oh, yeah. If anyone says anything's happening on Good Morning America and you're excited about it, it's not going to happen until the third hour and you're going to like it. <laughs> but, I mean, I do like that Robin Roberts was involved. Um, she's great. I also have questions about why it was done this way uh, and the way even the graphic was done was confusing. Yeah, it did feel very, like, hurried once once it did come up. It was like, ah, oh, oh, the pictures. Okay, quick, 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 get the phone. <laughs> yeah, uh, and they weren't by position like we normally see. They weren't alphabetical necessarily. Like, the think. names weren't even, like, red. It was just... Here, are, here, here is are. your team, and we're like, oh, okay, hold oh, on. Oh. Let me thank goodness for DVR so yeah. we could, you know, pause and see it, because otherwise it would have been gone. Back in the day. <laughs> Back in my day. When we were kids, we would have missed it, and that would have been it. Would have had to walk all the way across the room <laughs> to switch the dial on the television. Well, I wouldn't go back that far. You didn't have a turning knob TV? Uh, I did when I was little, mm. but... Uh, my my troubles with technology were different. I had an antenna I had to rotate to get oh, certain stations. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. On. Shout out to antennas and the tinfoil that you put on the ends. Oh, no, this one was large and outside our house. Oh, ooh. It was big. Well, this is in the 90s and 2000s, so, like, everyone else had dishes and cable. Okay, and you just had, like, the rabbit ears. That's tough. Yeah, That's it was tough. rough. Um, but, no, uh, I thought it was weird to do it on Good Morning America, but... It got the job done, hopefully called some attention to the announcement, at yeah. least among people who watch Good Morning yeah, America. Yeah, you know, the, the people who like Good Morning America, I imagine, like it enough to tune in every day and, and take in their news in that way. So, cool. Um, it's, you know, it's not my preferred method of, of uh, you know, I, I don't like to wake up in the morning and, and have my cup of coffee with uh, sad news. That's just me, though. Yeah, um, I think more than anything, it's like, who are you marketing this towards? Yeah. Um, it's a weird choice and not the coolest choice, I would say. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they got the job done. And what I mean, what did they have a roster. Like, but then they had the Ted Lasso hit that was online. Cool. That was much cooler. <laughs> that was great. And I don't know why that wasn't the primary, but uh, uh, advertisers, you know, whatever. We'll move on from the method, but what do you think about the roster? <laughs> um, I think it's tough. I think you have a lot of really talented players, and you only have 18 spots. That said, Midge Purse was robbed. I don't know what else you want her to do. She did all the things. She did. What more does she have to do? <laughs> I don't know. Who would you take Midge Purse over? I want to say it. Say it. I want to say it. This is why we have a podcast. I want to say you it. But say I d I'm having like I'm having a really hard time with why they chose to bring Juliet and Tobin Heath coming off of 
long-term injuries. And like with Tobin Heath especially, like she hasn't played a game in so long and there's such a difference between playing in training and playing in a game. Like game fitness is such a thing. Like it's a thing. Yeah. Even if you've like played with a unit for so long, there's a difference. There is. I think bringing both is curious to me. Again, to your point, the fitness of both is a question mark and they know more than we do. We sure. talked about this last time. Yeah. But bringing both seems risky, especially when you have healthy players you can bring in. This is a deep pool, mm -hmm. as we know. It's kind of what they're known for. So why risk it when you don't have to? And for me, I understand Julie Ertz a little more than Tobin Heath. Sure. I mean, we saw we saw the trying to replace Julie Ertz experiment in it's the a last tough few, one. few games, and that was, that was kind of tough. <laughs> and I feel like I know more about where Julie Ertz is at than I do Tobin. I feel like I've seen her play more recently. Uh, I also... As a all-around athlete, feel like she's probably in better shape than Tobin is. Tobin is a technical player, um, and not to say that she's not in shape and not ready to go, but we don't know. We haven't seen it in a very long time. Yeah, and her skill set is a bit focused. She brings a she has a very particular set of skills. <laughs> uh, whereas I would say Midge is pretty flexible and can play multiple roles. That's where I don't understand of why don't you want a Swiss army knife and instead you're bringing one Phillips head screwdriver. And that might be the gayest analogy I've ever made about women's <laughs> soccer, but it stands. Yeah. Uh, you're bringing one specific tool rather than someone who can do a lot of things and a lot of things well. And I'm just kind of bummed. I'm bummed for her and I'm bummed for Lit. Yeah. I think I think Lynn Williams is another one where it's like she was she did everything that was asked of her and it just wasn't enough and she absolutely went off this this week and scored four goals. Which, she sure did. Good for you, Lynn. Yeah, you tell them. You tell them. Um, I am curious about the alternates and that's a thing that wasn't discussed on Good Morning America. Yeah, that, that we, was uh, we were all just kind of like, wait, what? Huh? <laughs> like, who are those and where are we getting that yep. information? Uh, but we did get it. Uh, Lynn went off this weekend, scored all the goals, and said, uh, you, you sure? Mm -hmm. You sure, bro? At Vlatko. Uh, and good for her. I'm happy for her in that sense. I'm mad for her in terms of the roster. And I know how much this means to her. And that makes it hurt a little bit more. But we're going to be okay. And all around, yeah. the roster is a good one it's we, a good yeah it's a good roster um i think if it's if it's a if it's a world cup roster i think they both make it i think all of them make it like it's oh yeah absolutely it's, it's no it's no question yeah. <laughs> i think because it's such a, a tight compact rock roster i mean we're, we're lucky it's not like usa basketball where it's like 12 players out of the 144 of the WNBA, which is its own its own can of worms sure uh, I mean, it does help that you have 11 players on the field at a time. So if you were only allowed to bring 12, that would be a very difficult decision. Um, new challenge. New challenge. <laughs> uh, one that I don't want to face. Uh, and I tell you, I'm filling that backup spot with a goalie. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so that was 
it was an interesting roster. I'm confident the team will do well just because they're very good at their jobs. Um, and they all are and have been for a very long time. I think it'll be interesting going into the Olympics. Uh, we'll see, you know, what happens there. We'll see how this decision plays out. Yeah, I mean, we do have the, there's a series coming up with Mexico this week into into next week. It's two games. Do you think the pressure's on? No. The pressure's on for Tobin and Julie to get fit. Uh, I don't think Mexico is as big of a challenge as, I, I think they can handle it. Uh, I don't think it'll really test kind of the the edges of this team yet. So I don't think we'll find out until Tokyo how it goes. And that'll be fun. That's fair. Uh, speaking of Kristen Press and Tobin Heath, they were released from Manchester United. And they were listed on the U.S. Women's National Team roster as unattached. What does this mean? I don't know and I don't care anymore. <laughs> if I'm being honest, I don't care. <laughs> I They're both older players at this point. I think... Press still has stuff to give. I think Tobin's got to be nearing retirement. Even if they're playing domestically and, like, aren't playing in the national team anymore, they may end up in L.A. or San Diego. But I don't care. Like, I... (laughs) We'll find out if I'm... Well, I mean, like, Louisville owns the contract rights. Do you think they make... uh, Do you think they just, like, take the rest of the year off or... Yeah, I do. Tobin <laughs> hasn't played a game in how long? Long time. And they're going to go to the Olympics, and then they'll come back, and then they'll have to do a victory tour, and then they'll have to do whatever else. They're not a valuable asset to an NWSL team right now. They might be next year, and that, I think, is what Louisville is planning for, of having yep. those cards in their pocket to trade with the expansion draft and with uh, you know whatever else comes their way in preparation for 2022. But this year, I yeah, I don't care. <laughs> Tells how you really feel. I mean, it, we talk a lot about him for two players, that, like Kristen plays, but, you know, Tobin hasn't played in a while. On a lighter note, <laughs> we had the premiere of the LFG documentary on HBO Max. We did. And we, we did. watched it we on did. Sunday night. What'd you think? I, I generally I liked it. I I don't think I I was the target audience for it, but it who was, do you think is the target audience for it? Uh, I mean, I, I think it was really more for folks who are like I I love the U.S. Women's National Team, but I I don't really understand what the minutia of of the equal pay fight is. And so I I think they did a really good job of explaining in like layman's language what was going on yeah I think it was well made um I think we heard from players we wanted to hear from sure as a little bored uh (laughs) not just from the content because we're up to speed on everything that's going on and probably too up to speed if anything (laughs) but visually I was a little bored I wanted a little more action be it you know i know they can't do mediation footage but reactions coming out of that it was a lot of people in front of cameras talking yeah there there was a bit of uh, there was a lot of talky bits and and not a lot of 
not a lot of showing. Yeah, there's a lot of telling, not a lot of showing. Yeah. And not even like, you know, we're walking places. <laughs> or I would have taken some of that. Reacting to uh, the like judgments that come came down or yeah, I would have taken some live reactions. I would have taken some live uh, yeah, exactly. Some live reactions, some live like processing of information. I get why they don't do that, but that's yeah. the that's the choice they made, and that's yeah, why for know. me it was a little flat. Um, but generally, I think it delivered the information well. It was well like shot. It was nice to look at. Um, everyone looked good in it. Everyone sounded good in it. Yeah. Uh, and I think it does play to a very specific audience of folks that are interested but are not extremely online uh, <laughs> and it's good to keep them in the loop because even though they aren't maybe the core fan base who's showing up for things all the time it's kind of that extended fan base that actually makes the difference longer term sure i mean if, as long as as long as everyone keeps showing up that's all we need and i mean it was clearly informative enough that the USSF immediately dropped a 17-tweet thread. Hmm. 17. 17 That's tweets. a lot of tweet for, tweets for a thread. It's a lot of tweets for a thread. It's a lot of tweets for an official organization. Uh, it was petty as hell. It's probably, like, especially for an organization that had already had a press conference like addressing the documentary. Yeah, I don't know what their goal was, but it didn't look good. <laughs> I think, if anything, it worked against them. Absolutely. I am 99% sure. Actually, I know for a fact that there were lots of people saying, I wasn't in a hurry to watch it before. I would have gotten around to it, but now I'm going to go watch it. <laughs> and I don't think they would have found out anything surprising there, the sure. people I saw that from. But it drove traffic to the documentary that they were trying to counteract. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it worked, whatever they were trying to do. Yeah, I mean, like, how do, um, if, if you're, like, making content, how, how do, like, those, like, first weekend numbers help your cause? Well, I mean, the performance typically uh, informs whether or not you're going to get more marketing numbers down the line, whether or not more advertising is going to be run around it. Uh, whether you do another segment about it or like a follow-up, we've been seeing more advertisements about it. That we have. During the Euros, during like other programming all week. And I don't think I saw that much before it came out. I don't think so either. So I think this is actually extremely backfiring. <laughs> and Thanks, U.S. soccer. <laughs> yeah. And also, no one's going to read 17 tweets of you being like, this seemed... Uh, what was the phrase of concerningly like false or like oh, I, it's in my Twitter name right now, but like it's just not. I did, I most I enjoyed how many people quote tweeted it with. Uh, um, I, I'm not reading all of that, but sorry it happened. Or happy for you. Happy for you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, concerning <laughs> levels of dishonesty. Concerning levels of dishonesty. And I the thing they keep bringing up is. The U.S. women's national team agreed to this contract and that 
was kind of the initial thesis of that thread. I honestly don't remember the end of it because mm. it was 17 It was tweets so long. long. <laughs> but I don't think they realized that the general public doesn't care. We don't. About the contract that was signed. Really that don't. does not prevent you from correcting that as the power-holding organization. Uh, you can still change it, fun fact. If you went to the U.S. Women's National Team as a federation and said, hey, you guys are doing great. We think you deserve more money. We're going to give you that because we feel it's the right thing to do. I don't think they're going to say no. Imagine I don't think they're being saying, a like, hero. Imagine, like you could do that. <laughs> you could choose that route, but they continue to choose. And this is actually something they talk about in the film. They continue to choose to be the, like, the antagonist. They continue to choose to go against public opinion, against what is right, sure. against I mean, what they, is fair. Because they, they think they're, they're, they're right. And I think what they're learning is that the public opinion is entirely against them and they have very few allies in this fight. And the question is, at what point do they start caring about that? It's not uh, yet. That's not yet. We've we've learned that it's not yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they left that thread up too, so that was fun. Um, but that was that was brutal uh, and not not a great choice as a an organization. Speaking mm. <laughs> speaking of weird choices, uh, Angel City had a uh, clubhouse last night that was a crypto nft conversation and they were teasing a special announcement at the end and so of course you got me with that but as the um as the conversation went on uh they revealed that they are dropping an nft they're dropping the crest <laughs> as an nft they like are you can dropping buy? the crest as an nft except um, the, the NFT is, it's, it's like one of 5,000 and the 5,000 pieces make up the whole crest and, um, we don't get to see it. We don't get to see it until all of the pieces are purchased. And how much is a piece? Uh, 50 bucks a pop. Hey pals, Leslie here. So we recorded this on Tuesday night and on Wednesday morning, Angel City released their crest and colors anyway. So some of this information is outdated, but we still think it's important. So go ahead and take a listen or don't. You do you. And they're marketing this as like a way to get involved in the crest. To own a piece of the community. It's like how, okay, here's the thing. Putting my disdain for NFTs aside, because I think they're a scam. Just, you know, the last 10, 15 years that we've had with Facebook and Twitter and Uber, We've kind of learned that if tech is telling us that something is awesome, maybe we should ask some questions about it. And that's sort of been happening with NFTs. Yeah, it's one of the few things I think lately that people have kind of dug their heels in on of like, we're, we're not totally buying this. And again, we'll move on from this part <laughs> in particular, but we're kind of in the boat of, yeah, I wouldn't go there. I'm going to put it aside, but like, Crest reveals are a moment, like that's a big moment for a team. And so 
like they have this opportunity to really include their community and be like, hey, we really want to do this thing for you. And they've they've already asked of their community, okay, buy a membership, buy merchandise, buy more merchandise, put down a season ticket deposit, buy a scarf. Like and to their credit, you know, if you've, if you've put down a season ticket membership or if you've put down, if you've uh, been like a day one member, you get your NFT for free. So it's like, what am, what am I supposed to do? Am, am I supposed to tell people about it? Like, is this LuLaRoe? Am, am I supposed to post on Facebook about this? Like, I, I'm just, I'm not liking it. It's feeling a little money grabby. <laughs> it feels money grabby. It doesn't feel like it's for the community. It feels like it's for the club. It feels like it's for tech savvy leaders who thought this is a cool way to go without considering the actual base. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what their specific demographics are and I'm sure they have plenty of research about it. Sure. But I would say knowing the core base of the NWSL, the likelihood that people have money to throw at this just for fun is low, especially in the midst of a pandemic. Yeah. A lot of folks have lost jobs. Uh, your fan base for women's sports is predominantly people of color and queer people who tend to suffer more in economic downturn than anyone else and have less disposable income than anyone else. And you're continuing to plug for money on things that shouldn't cost money. Yeah, but I mean, even even all that aside, like women sports fans are, are going to spend money, but like they want that money to count for something. And an NFT ain't worth it. <laughs> yeah, and it's also a thing that is questionable, yeah. right? Like it's not necessarily a savvy investment. Yeah. And coming out with this doesn't make me want to trust you with my money, to be honest. Yeah. I really question the decision-making here more than anything. Yeah, that, that kind of gets me. It continues to feel like they're marketing to rich Los Angeles. It's like, not even, like, rich Los Angeles, like, tech bro buddies. Like, I don't, I don't know who they're marketing to. And that's part of the problem, right? I don't. It doesn't feel like it's for us. Yeah, it's like, we, for, like, we lived in L.A. We like the NWSL and... It feels a bit alienating. Yeah. And again, like, a crest is supposed to be something that's for everyone. Yeah. It's not supposed to be in the hands of 500, how many? 500? 5,000 5, people. 5,000 people? Yeah. Like, no, it should literally be for everyone. Crest came about as like a symbol of a club and a community. Having that be an exclusive thing is troublesome and it, at its like core to me mm. um, as football goes. And I know American football teams don't come out of football clubs like they do in other places or like they have in other places. But there is still within the sport a sense of community and like belonging to a club. Yeah. And, and when you draw those lines. Yeah. I, it doesn't feel good. There was there was a thing that kept coming up in that clubhouse of like how NFTs build community, but it's like there's already such a strong community in women's soccer. It's like why why do you need to make another one yeah. around this fake thing that you're trying to make? 
Yeah. And then we can talk about how NFTs aren't good for the environment and we could get into that whole thing. But generally, not a good call is, is how not, we feel. It's not great. And also, like, you know, tech folks can tech, but you also have a sucker program that you need to build. They still need a, a GM and they need a coach. Like, yeah, like <laughs> this seems like a distraction, yeah. like not where the effort should be landing. Yeah. Um, and maybe they have so much money, they don't know what to do with it. Maybe then, that could be it. <laughs> but then also, why are you charging for this? Uh, yeah, I just, I have a lot of questions and I'm curious to see, or I wish I could hear how they reacted once they saw how this landed. Because uh, I would bet that it didn't go as they planned. Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> Just looking at the sentiment online, it's overwhelmingly negative with, you know, very few. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, From I like just, Crypto King. <laughs> yeah, of like, okay, sure. I guess if you're trying to bring those people in. But yeah. again, shouldn't the people you want for this be... The people that have been here all along. The yeah, people that brought it to L.A. Yeah, no, yeah. Change the game forever, right? <laughs> yep. Uh, they're changing it. Uh, I'm not sure it's in a positive direction. <laughs> if I was going to give, like, a, a yellow card to someone this week in women's soccer, I think that would be my one. Just, uh, just putting them. We're going to book you. Yeah. Going to book you, Angel City. Um, yeah. I think that, that sums up all my feelings about that. And... I wish I could be more positive. I want to be more positive about what Angel City's do. Well, that's, that's the thing. We've, I've always wanted to be like, I'm going to give you a chance. I'm going to give you a chance. <laughs> and I haven't seen anything, like, really deliver. Yeah. It bums me out. I keep, I keep holding out hope, and, you know, they just keep pulling the football away. Yep. Uh, okay, there's hope. There's hope in here somewhere. Okay, uh, this week's Ask a Pal comes from Leslie and Emily. Hey, that's us. That's us. That's us. It's, it's us. Uh, ESPN had an E60 segment on Sue Bird and her decision to come out publicly. Uh, why is it still important to come out in the year of, of our Lord 2021? Uh, it's a big question, uh, and it's one we wanted to talk about and decided to insert our own question here uh, because we felt it's important, and it's Pride Month, and Pride Month is ending. But there is conversation about, you know, should athletes still need to come out, or any public figure for that matter? I would love to be there. <laughs> I would love to be at the point where no one has to come out anymore and announce that they don't, they aren't straight, or they may date someone who isn't uh, of the opposite sex, or may, you know, be interested in people who aren't on the gender binary. But we're not there yet. <laughs> we still have people around the world who are punished, who are bullied, who are threatened with, you know, life-ending or life-devastating consequences for loving who they love. And that's not okay. And we wanted to talk about this because we're uniquely qualified. I think, uh, yeah, yeah, I'd say. I think so. Um, as wives to talk about it. Um, Sue Bird coming out was huge. Megan Rapinoe being out is huge. Uh, every queer athlete is important to someone. When I was a kid playing soccer, growing up in Indiana, 
I did not know of any gay soccer players. I didn't know I was gay. But I did know that I didn't quite fit in with everyone else on my soccer team in some way that I couldn't figure out. The first time I got called a dyke was by a teammate at a high school camp uh, because I said I liked Michelle Akers and not Julie Foudy or Mia Hamm. Uh, and it was a very strong, like, cough insult, um, which was very cool. Uh, thank you, Lindsay, if you're listening. Um, and those things stay with you. And those things at that age or at any age make you feel afraid to be yourself. But if you can see someone you look up to and someone that straight people look up to or other queer people look up to who is fearlessly themselves, despite the fact that there are still people who think it's not okay to be gay, it helps. It helps know that things get better. And that's a cliche phrase at this point, but it's not always that you're going to feel out of place. You can succeed and be gay. You can succeed and be trans. You can succeed and be non-binary. You can succeed and be who you are. And that message isn't done being delivered. As long as we have people who are bullied, who are facing consequences from their own family for being gay, we're not done coming out. And I think any athlete who is in a secure position, in a secure role, in a job, especially in women's sports, uh, which has done a lot for queer people. There are more queer athletes in women's sports than there are in men's. Um, but if you have a secure job and you're an adult and you are able to come out, you should. And that's an opinion. But it's an opinion based on the fact that I think that visibility is more important than the fear that you feel about coming out. And that is a privileged take on my end as someone who was able to come out and accepted by my family and uh, happily married to the love of my life. But it's an opinion I feel strongly about. Um, so I'm really appreciative of Sue for coming out when she did and how she did and every other athlete that's done the same. And I hope it keeps happening. But it's still important. You want to top that speech? No, I can't. <laughs> I mean, did you have folks to look up to, though, when you were coming out in your, like in your community, in your sporting community? Yeah, I mean, you know, growing up I played sports and it, I played hockey and it was, uh, you, you learn pretty young that uh, the way to fit in is to, is to be a little bit homophobic and, and you know, you're, you're slinging, slinging stuff around the locker room that you really shouldn't be saying and, and that kind of sinks, sinks inside you and it keeps you from wanting to love yourself fully and... 
think it kind of delayed things for me for a bit. Yeah. I mean, there was a big fear for me, especially around like high school of being gay. Um, I didn't actually think I was gay or was necessarily worried about it, but I knew other people had been called gay <laughs> and that that was bad. Yeah. And no, so don't you, didn't, be like, you didn't want to be called gay. Like God, no, no. And that's what you're taught in those situations. Yeah. And I think one of the things I realized coming out was, oh, God, here's another thing I have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, this is, all right, this is one of, in, in my pile of baggage, this was another suitcase, if here's you will another say. one back. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> but I think it's important for kids to know and kids to see that this isn't going to be the one that prevents you from getting to where you want to go. Um, There are plenty of obstacles in life, but this shouldn't be one. And there are plenty of people out there who don't care and will love you no matter what. Um, And I'm not saying, hey, if you're, you know, 16 and afraid of your well-being, come out. No, that's (laughs) not the point. There's a time and a place. (laughs) There's a time and you have to. Everyone's situation is different. And I don't know what anyone else's situation is. But I do know that for me personally, uh, coming out was easier than living in the closet or living, you know, a lie and trying to ignore that. And I know that there are a lot of athletes out there who are afraid to come out, um, but they have a platform. And that platform is important beyond their own success and and it really matters and it's not going to change until we keep being uh visible and making sure that those people that are visible are accepted and celebrated and appreciated because it's a tough bar to clear it is an obstacle but it shouldn't be the one that keeps you out of sports it shouldn't be the one that keeps you from being who you are um and that visibility is going to be important for a very long time. Yeah, I mean, look at what it's done in the NFL. It's huge. Like, we've gone from, uh, you know, oh, well, Michael Sam probably doesn't have it to, to play in this league to the NFL now donating money to the Trevor Project because of uh, Carl Nassib coming out. Yeah. Like, Carl Nassib coming out is huge. Like, he's one person coming out. And it's a massive impact. Yeah. You know how many gay kids there are in high school football locker rooms just trying to keep their head down? We don't. (laughs) Because they don't have the safety and security of knowing that they can be out and be accepted. It's scary. But the huge appreciation to those that do and that will continue to come out and especially to Carl Nassib because that was a huge move man that was massive and it's really good to be able to see you for who you are um and I know you'll never hear this but I really appreciate you happy pride happy pride if uh you want to ask a pal send us a dm yeah if you got questions ask us yeah we might have answers We'll try to put something on the website. 
uh, to receive those. Might not be this week, but we'll do it soon. We'll get there. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, let's uh, take a look at uh, what's ahead. What is ahead? Coming up this week on Thursday, the U.S. Women's National Team starts their send-off series against Mexico at 7 p.m., on Friday, we've got Gotham playing Kansas City at 7. We've also got the Washington Spirit taking on the Chicago Red Stars at 7 p.m. And Houston takes on O.L. Reign at 8.30. On Saturday, we've got Racing Louisville versus Portland at 7.30. And Sunday, Orlando plays the North Carolina Courage at 6 p.m. We've reached the end. We did it. We did it. We made it through. We, we put a lot in there. We told you guys this was going to be longer. Um, and boy, did we deliver. Uh, it's okay if you pause and come back. Our feelings won't be hurt, but do come back. Yeah, come back. Um, Please come back. Well, well, the next one should be a bit more fun. I hope so. This God, one was a bit if, serious. If, you know, if, uh, if, ever, if, if the world could just chill out for a sec. Um, mm, unlikely. <laughs> unlikely. I uh, thought I'd put it out there. You know, it's, I it, thought I'd try. You know, uh, <laughs> put your dreams out in the universe and it will, you know. Slam them back in your face. No, that's, uh, that's the old saying. I should sit out on a pillow. That's what, yeah, you should. Mm -hmm. uh, no, but it was worth putting out there. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, 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 like, comment, and subscribe. There are no likes or comments. It's just leave a review. Leave a review. Uh, preferably a nice one. Be nice. We're just, we're just trying here. Yeah, we're new to this. Um, if you have notes, if you got we're notes, we'll have notes. Yeah. Uh, let us know what you want to hear about. Yeah, tell us tell us what you want to hear. Uh, a five star review would be preferable. Uh, like like it's like you visited a, a Yelp uh, a restaurant and and you a Yelp it. restaurant. What's well, a Yelp a restaurant, restaurant on Yelp? Oh, that's um, different. Um, or no, a Yelp restaurant would be like a restaurant where you sit and you go, hey. Um, and then they make you download an app because yes. you can't access it on a website. But yeah, uh, yeah, you know, like a like a restaurant you go to and 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 you you you, you like the service. Uh, the food's the food's pretty good, but you leave five stars because you're nice. Yeah. Um, thank you all for joining us. Thank you very much. We'll be here again next week. And adios. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.